everyone. I'm Franco Terrazano, the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation here in Ottawa. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Jay Goldberg. He's our Ontario director, and uh, he's here to talk about his appearance at a Senate committee to talk about the dangers of Bill C-11. Jay, how'd it go? It went well. Uh, the House of Commons uh, was not nearly as good as the Senate. It was total chaos when I testified before the House committee. And so the Senate was great. They, they really considered things. But I have to say, all of these politicians, whether they're senators or in the House of Commons, they're like ostriches with their heads buried in the sand. We've been seeing week after week people coming out, creators, Canadian content creators, saying that this bill will literally destroy their careers, all kinds of YouTubers. And, you know, they're just ostriches with their head in the sand, talking about things like access to Francophone content and other things like that. You know, uh, so they're really ignoring the key issues here. That's what I felt there as well. There's a huge disconnect between what we're feeling, what the people are feeling about this bill and what politicians are thinking about. Yeah, so much for the Chamber of Sober second thought hey it sounds to me like uh these senators are just as much out to lunch on this issue as the trudeau government is uh but jay was there anyone in the room bueller bueller was there anyone in in the in the in the senate committee that actually understood the dangers of bill c11 yeah there were a couple uh, senator husakis who chairs the committee asked some good questions uh for me and and i got some from senator manning as well well, one thing they brought up that was really important that hasn't been talked a lot about, we haven't even talked about it as much as we could, I think, is the fact that this could trigger a trade war with the United States. Hmm. So the Americans are saying if Bill C-11 comes through, wow. uh, they think it's a trade violation because of all the uh, cumbersome rules it's going to place on their companies like YouTube and others. And so we could literally be seeing a trade war coming from there. And, you know, I think there were some very good questions from Senator Housakis about the dangers when it comes to accountability, building this regulatory machine that will be able to filter what we can say and see online. He had some really good questions there. But a lot of the other senators, they were just pandering to the culture lobby, uh, you know, talking to some francophone groups who want some extra money, some extra access, uh, and are really just not concerned with the major things that matter with this bill, which is accountability, uh, which is censorship and holding the government to account. You know, that's so frustrating to, to borrow your phrase that we're seeing so many of them stick their heads and the sand here, because this really is a very dangerous piece of legislation. And with that, Jay, you've already kind of mentioned accountability a little bit, censorship issues here. But this is probably a good time for you to take our listeners into a deep dive as to why the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is so concerned with Bill C-11. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're so concerned because this bill is a gateway to censorship, as I said with the ebook, the title for the ebook. And really, what this does is the government is giving the CRTC, which is a government agency, the power to decide what comes first, what comes second, and what comes last on our news feeds, on our streaming feeds. They're saying they're only going to do that based on whether or not it's Canadian content. In other words, they're going to push stuff to the top of our feeds just because it's Canadian. But we all know that if you give government the power to filter content for one reason, they will then be able to do it for another reason down the line. And that's the danger. And we know from testimony 
that they're giving the CRTC the power to filter any content we see online, and they're just going to give them mild instructions about focusing right now on Canadian content. But there's a huge possibility. Uh, you can see it easily down the line of the government instructing the CRTC to filter what we're seeing online based on whether or not it's good for the government. That's a huge concern. That makes it difficult for us to hold the government accountable. It makes it difficult for citizens across the country to understand problems that are happening in Ottawa and things that the government is doing wrong. And so that is the overarching concern, really, is that we're just not going to be able to hold the government accountable because they'll be able to filter or have the power to choose to filter what we say and see online. And we don't want that in a country like Canada. Yeah, you know, ever since the beginning of the pandemic, it's been very clear that one of the key tools to hold our governments to account is online platforms, right? And the last people who should be telling Canadians how to hold the government accountable are the unelected bureaucrats in Ottawa. But Jay, I mean, we can spend hours and hours kind of debating the issue here, but let's actually just pull back the curtain for a quick second, let's let's talk about how your actual Senate committee appearance was. I mean, this is a big deal. Let our listeners kind of know the process here. Yeah, so uh, it was it was a really great thing. I think I've talked about before when I testified before the House of Commons committee. It was complete chaos because there were four of us. Uh, we all gave five minute presentations, and then as soon as it got to question time. Uh, government MPs uh, essentially tried to shut the whole thing down. They were arguing with the opposition. They didn't even allow any of us to uh, ask or answer questions, which sounds is a like very censorship. normal thing. A little uh, bit of censorship going on. Sounds hey? a lot like censorship. It was just, <laughs> the, you know, the liberals on the committee essentially shutting it down. And so, yeah, it really was a gateway to censorship there. And then, so the Senate was, it was a lot more reasonable uh, even even the senators that are clearly buying the government talking points about how this is just going to help Canadian content creators and how wonderful it's going to be, they were at least respectful. None of them interrupted us. And so I was one of you know four people testifying there. We gave our five-minute opening statement. Then we had some questions. As I said, I had some follow-up questions from Senator Manning, especially about a U.S. trade war potential. We had uh, Senator Housakis was asking questions about accountability and censorship and, and the precedent this could set for the future. So it, it was really good. Uh, they asked some good questions and it was miles better than when we were in the House of Commons. Let me just jump in here because uh, within, a, within a, what, a span of a week, you had uh, the CTF uh, at the House Finance Committee, I presented there, and then you're representing us at the Senate Committee on Bill C-11 on censorship and the right for Canadians to hold our bureaucrats and politicians to account. So that's pretty cool. Um, now, you know, one of the things that I found during my committee appearance was that it almost seemed like, you know, most of the other groups were at least uh, amicable <laughs> with the federal government. Right. But uh, I was a bit of the flamethrower, the person saying, no, uh, you're doing a bad job. You're wasting money like crazy. Uh, you're raising taxes. Uh, but, Jay, it kind of sounds like you were in a, a little bit of a similar position, right, where you were the person there saying, stop, stop, stop. So why don't you just kind of uh, tell our listeners about that interaction? Yeah, well, <clears throat> the other three people testifying uh, they were all from Quebec. Uh, they were all essentially in the culture lobby, and and they really favored uh, this bill because uh, in some ways it caters to them by 
forcing, uh, you know, bigger organizations like YouTube, uh, to give them access to give, to give money. And so they're, you know, they're all kind of after this extra money, uh, trying to protect themselves against competition from everyday creators. So I, I would say they all kind of came from the culture lobby and I was kind of there trying to stand up for, uh, wait a second, you know, this bill is going to lead potentially to government censorship. This is going to lead to a lack of accountability. And all they seemed to be concerned about was, you know, getting some extra money and, uh, you know, going up against big content giants like YouTube. But they weren't all that concerned about how this bill is really going to degrade our democracy from being able to hold the government accountable. So I really was the only one there. Warning, hey guys, this is a really dangerous bill. It will set a very dangerous precedent. We don't want to go down this road. And everyone else was just kind of excited about the possibility of more money uh, and being able to go after big online groups like YouTube. Okay, so what were the questions like? Did you get any hardballs? Did you have to rough it up with anyone? Or <laughs> were there some, some, did anyone put the ball on the tee for you and let you swing away? What, what was that like? Uh, yeah, I would say I got the ball in the tee for some of them. Uh, basically, Senator Hisakis, who's the chair of the committee, the first question he asked was to me. And he basically said, why is this bill so horrible? Uh, why should we be so worried about this bill? So there were some really good questions there. I didn't have any hostile questions. I'll say I've testified before in the House of Commons. I know you got some <laughs> hostile questions from the liberals when you were there. I certainly did. Uh, but in the House of Commons, no, basically all the senators that were on board with this stuff were asking fluffy questions to the witnesses who were on board with this stuff. And those senators who were concerned about C-11, they were asking me the questions. How did you prep for your first ever Senate committee appearance? Well, I got to thank uh, Simmer, of course, our wonderful colleague from Alberta. She is fantastic. She's had a career in media. She's very, very, very good at all of this stuff. So she pretended to be uh, someone on the committee who was going to ask me a bunch of hostile questions. We spent about an hour going back and forth on that. Uh, she was really good. We had some other of the directors listening in and giving tips. Uh, so there was definitely that. I was reading up on the ebook, reading up on a lot of the the newspaper articles, uh, and I and I have actually watched ahead of time some other people testifying before the, before the Senate committee. Uh, I watched uh, Dr. Michael Geis testify and kind of got a sense of the questions that he was getting. So I think that really helped too. But it was really fun to just you know pretend uh, as if we were about uh, you know as if I was a candidate for office, pretending that I had someone. Uh, debating me as Simmer was. So it was really great to do. Well, I would argue that what you're about to do is sometimes even better than what they would be doing, uh, preparing, right? Because you're standing up for, for the taxpayer. Uh, we know that we see too, uh, too few and far in between uh, politicians actually standing up for taxpayers and government accountability, unfortunately, right? But, you know, to your point, this is exactly how the party leaders prepare for debate. They have a stand-in, they have people grilling them. And the last person in the world that I would want grilling me on the other side would be, would be Chris Sims because she is an absolute firebrand out there in Alberta. Uh, now, Jay, I do want to circle back to one of the key issues here. Uh, you mentioned it right after, right on the top, and you've continued to allude to it. And that's how Bill C-11 will impact the actual content creators. Now, why do you keep focusing on that issue? I think this is really important because obviously the CTF, we prioritize a lot, government accountability, the idea of censorship. And, you know, that's really within our mandate, accountability line. 
But the reason I focus so much in how it's going to impact people, uh, content creators, is because this is the very reason the government is saying the bill exists. So what they're saying is we've created this bill so that people will be forced to watch more Canadian content and Canadian content producers are going to succeed in the world. What they're saying, and we at Digital First Canada, you're representing 400 content creators. We've heard from all kinds of other groups that this is going to harm Canadian content creators because essentially what happens is on YouTube, uh, if they're pushing Canadian content on people, if we're not interested on the topic of the Canadian content, but we're just interested in forcing Canadian content on people, well, you know, people who are going on YouTube, they might not click on it because they're, they're, they're not interested in the topic. It's just in their feed because, you know, it's Canadian. And so if they're clicking on it less, that gives YouTube's algorithms the sign that it's less desirable, that people don't want to watch it, it's unpopular. And so beyond Canada's borders, it'll actually show up lower or not show up at all in the feeds of people who are actually interested in this kind of topic in places other than Canada. So actually, around the world, Canadian content creators are going to suffer. And YouTube mm. says 90% of these content creators' audience is outside of Canada. So their careers are going to collapse. So the reason I keep talking about this is the government's very reason for this bill in the first place, it doesn't exist. They're harming the people they say they want to help. And if we realize that, uh, and I think we have to make them realize that, then this bill should just be ripped up into shreds. Okay, so they say, the claim is that this is going to help Canadian content creators, but the evidence, all the evidence shows that very likely it'll hurt Canadian content creators. So, okay. So two things is going on here, right? So either they're trying to pass legislation that will do the very opposite of the stated intent of their legislation, or <laughs> there's some ulterior motives here, i.e. censorship. Guess which one I think is going on. Yeah, I think probably censorship. Uh, I think that's a fair guess. And I, and you know what? I think that most Canadians think that too, because if you're trying to push through a bill like this, your rationale is completely lost. And frankly, the minister has been all over the place on this issue. It's very clear. They want to give more power to government bureaucrats to decide what we're going to say and see online. Uh, and they're using the culture industry as some sort of excuse to do that. Okay, guys. So Jay did a five-minute formal presentation right at the beginning of that SETI, uh, Senate committee appearance. We're going to play that right now. So let's listen to Jay's formal presentation to the Senate committee. Uh, thank you, Senator, and thank you very much for uh, having me. <clears throat> I first want to thank this committee for giving Bill C-11 a thorough examination. I'm very pleased to see that this bill is being properly scrutinized in the Senate in a way that it was not in the House of Commons. I'm very grateful to be here today to speak on behalf of tens of thousands of Canadians. In fact, well over 100,000 Canadians have signed our petition calling on the government not to move forward with Bill C-11. The Canadian Taxpayers Federation is concerned by this bill for three key reasons. First, the government's empower the CRTC now, give guidance later approach raises major concerns about accountability. There are many of Canadian, there are many Canadians and I've spoken to many who are asking why the government is trying to give such unprecedented power to an entity like the CRTC without first sharing with Canadians exactly how much power and exactly on what basis it plans to do so. The government has said repeatedly that instructions and guidance will come later, but in our view, that's a backward approach when it comes to accountability. 
the government should release the regulations it plans to implement and instructions with regard to the CRTC's full mandate before and not after C-11 is considered and approved. Second, contrary to the government's assertions, the CRTC has determined that user-generated content will be regulated by the CRTC under Bill C-11 through broadcast regulation. Professor Michael Geist has said, quote, no other country in the world regulates content this way, unquote, and to do so is a major threat to individual freedom. And again, there are many Canadians asking why the government wants to give the CRTC the power to regulate user-generated content, while at the same time it is telling Canadians that it is not doing that very thing. And let me just point out as well, before I get to the third point, that uh, Mr. Scott, the chair of the CRTC, told the House of Commons Committee, quote, Section 4.2 allows the CRTC to prescribe by regulation user-uploaded content subject to very explicit criteria, unquote. And I believe that the, the very fact that user-generated content would be on the table demonstrates that this bill is not just, as the minister and others have suggested, all about Canadian culture. Third, we think this would set a dangerous precedent for the future. Today, this new government regulatory machine is being built to filter content based on what the government considers to be Canadian. But this could be repurposed in the future for other means. Not being able to hold the CRTC accountable in determining what is or is not Canadian content may concern some, but not being able to hold it accountable on future issues such as social cohesion, as Minister Mendicino has alluded to in the online harms conversation, is even more concerning. If the government gives bureaucrats the power to filter what we can see online for one reason, mission creep on other issues is very easy to foresee. There are also deep concerns about the process of this legislation, the lack of debate in the House of Commons, and the government failing to genuinely listen to Canadians. We saw well over 100 amendments voted on within a single day without politicians having a chance to even fully understand them. Our right to free speech and free expression has to be sacred, and we should not be in a situation in which a bill like this was pushed through the House of Commons as it was with such limited debate and opportunity for thorough consideration of amendments. I'm grateful to see that we're seeing that here. Finally, let me speak about the intention of the bill itself. The government claims that Bill C-11 is necessary to protect and promote the interests of Canadian content creators. But there are dozens of groups that represent content creators, including over 400 through Digital First Canada, that have said that this bill would be detrimental to their interests. YouTube, before this very committee, warned that audiences outside of Canada will see Canadian content less, which is a complete opposite of what the government says its intent is. And if 90% of Canadian content creators' audiences outside of Canada on platforms like YouTube, as they've told us, this makes the foreign market less accessible and will actually be detrimental to some careers. The bottom line is that the government doesn't really have a legitimate leg to stand on here. The bill promotes censorship and government control without actually delivering on the very thing that the bill's creators are supposedly trying to address here. Given that reality, I would implore senators not to move forward with this bill. Bill C-11 is dangerous. It threatens our ability to hold the government to account over the long term and could allow for a big expansion of bureaucratic power to regulation going forward. I want to thank you all for having me here, and I look forward to future questions. J-Man, you smoked it. You crushed it. You did a great job. You, you were great there representing our hundreds of thousands of Canadian taxpayers, Federation supporters. Um, now, everyone who's listening, there's a few things that you have to do right now, right? Because we got to take some action. Number one, let's share 
Jay's Senate committee appearance video. Okay, so go on YouTube. You can share it on Facebook. It's all there. It's also going to be included in the show notes of this podcast. So let's share that as much as we can. The next thing that you got to do is, well, Jay also wrote an ebook. <laughs> on this, on the on the dangers of Bill C-11. So make sure you read that. Make sure you share that. If you haven't signed the petition against online censorship, well, we have already over 100,000 signatures. So join your fellow Canadians and fight for our right to hold the government accountable. And then beyond that, make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube and uh, of course, follow us on sh- social media. But Jay, man, great job. Thank you, sir.